Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Jovan. Grace to all of you and peace this morning. Amen. I was 10 years old. My dad was out on a business trip, and so this meant that as the oldest of three in my family, I was man of the house. I loved this role. That is, until I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of a doorbell and pounding on our front door. I ran to my mom's room and we assessed the situation. What should we do? Going downstairs to see who it was was clearly off the table. What if it was a robber? You don't want to be face to face with that guy. Do we call the police? Our neighbors? We didn't have time. The doorbell stopped and a few seconds later it was replaced by the sound of rocks bouncing off the bedroom window. Well, there was no way that I was going to look out the window. Who knew what was waiting for me on the other side? So I made my mom do it. And wouldn't you know it, dad was back earlier than expected. I had thought that it was a thief, but it was someone that I had been waiting for. I think about this memory every time anyone asks how people did things before we all had cell phones. But I also think about it when I hear Jesus' words this morning. Because Jesus speaks in delightfully clashing metaphors. He says, on the one hand, that we are to look for him like servants who stay up waiting for their master to come home. Sleepy from too much wine and dancing at the wedding he's been at, but ready to tell a good tale and fix a late-night snack for everyone. 
And Jesus also says he comes like a thief in the night, ready to plunder our house. So which is it, Jesus? Who's at the door? And should we unlock it or call the police? One of our church fathers, the old ancient men usually who thought about Christ's divinity, I think it was St. Irenaeus, but I didn't have time to check my notes from seminary this morning, so don't go quoting me to your friends who are very well versed in early church history. Anyway, St. Irenaeus, he said that the same grace of God can have different effects on different people. He said the grace of God is like the sun, the same sun that turns a wet and wobbly patch of mud into a rock-hard dirt cake, also turns a solid candle into a puddle of wax. I think it's the same way when the kingdom of God appears among us. We have different reactions to it. It is the same kingdom of God appearing to us all. That much Jesus has made clear in Luke's gospel. Over and over again, he enters villages and announces, the kingdom of God has come near. It's not something we get in a, a say in, says Jesus. It's not something that we pull down from heaven. It's not something we earn as a prize for being good. It doesn't wait for us to get ready. The kingdom is just here, around us, among us, within us. God is pulling forth a new way of life a way that trusts in God's steady and abundant presence in all people. This kingdom, the reality of it near us, it frees us from the small-mindedness of greed and fear, and it frees us to receive our neighbor as gifts and partners in God's work. That is what the kingdom of God is, and it's already here. Of course, we don't see it all the time. This world remains the world with all of its horror and pain and unanswered questions. But Jesus promises that humming away in the midst of it all, seen or not seen, is the kingdom of God. And once in a while, the kingdom comes and knocks on our doors, and we catch a glimpse. Now to some, this glimpse feels like a welcome guest, like the master returning from a wedding. But to others, it feels like an invasion, something they wish they had put up stronger barricades against. It's the same kingdom ringing our doorbell, so what's the difference in our reaction? Well, Jesus tells us earlier today, it's where we have placed our heart and our treasure. Quite simply, 
when we keep our treasure and our heart to ourselves, then we resent and fear God's kingdom. But when we grasp that our hearts belong to God, we receive the kingdom with joy. See, if you pile up treasure just for yourselves, if your sphere of concern ends at your fingertips, if your heart is caged in your own ambition and greed, then a glimpse of God's kingdom is going to feel like bad news before it feels like the good news it is. Because this is the kingdom that Mary sang of while carrying Jesus in her womb, where the powerful are brought down from their thrones and the lowly ones are lifted up. And this is the kingdom that Jesus preached, saying, Blessed are you who are poor and weeping and persecuted, but woe to you who are rich and full and laughing. For those of us who have spent our lives only looking out for number one, the notion that God's kingdom is found through communion and solidarity with the zeros of the world, that feels like a threat, a thief, something we wish our home security systems would guard against. But for those of us whose hearts belong to God, when God's kingdom comes and tosses a pebble against our window, we're ready to welcome it in. Does your heart belong to God? This isn't normal Mount Olivet language that we use, so let's clear up what giving your heart to God actually means, because it's not exactly what it sounds like. Giving your heart to God doesn't mean that you become more religious. It doesn't mean that you think or talk about God all the time. Giving your heart to God doesn't mean that you suddenly understand God any better or that your doubts about God magically disappear. And it doesn't mean that you become pure and virtuous as you shun the less holy things of the world. If anything, a heart that knows it belongs to God gets thrown more deeply into this world of ambiguity and doubt. Because what it means to have your heart belong to God is to have your heart become open to hold the things that are on God's heart. The space that greed and self-centeredness had occupied in your heart, that suddenly becomes available, and you suddenly find yourself being drawn beyond the limits of your fingertips to the people and places that God loves, where you are meant to show up and share and speak and act. I saw a bumper sticker one time, and it said, Whenever I invite Jesus into my heart, he always shows up with his friends. There's some wisdom in that. Because giving your heart to God means giving your heart to the people that God loves, starting from the bottom up. This is why 
Jesus this morning talks about the life of faith as getting, to, getting ready to receive a guest with joy. This is why he commends the servants who wait up all night for their master. Yes, it's a metaphor for waiting for a glimpse of God's kingdom, but it's also a literal suggestion for us for how we are most likely to encounter this kingdom. And that is by extending welcome to others. In our making space at our tables, in our keeping the lights on until the guest arrives, in our throwing open the door, not just to see and attend to Jesus, but the, to the friends he's brought along, we're going to catch a glimpse of God's kingdom. For Jesus tells us this morning that God's kingdom is like sitting down with whoever it is that shows up at your door for a midnight snack and finding that at the table in your sharing, you are being served by the master. The kingdom is a late-night happy hour where you are nourished by the company of others. And you would have missed it if you'd stayed away hidden in your room because you thought it was a thief. This past week, in the aftermath of a mass shooting in El Paso that was born out of the heresy of white nationalism and fed by unchecked rhetoric about an invasion at our border, and on the same day as massive immigration raids in Mississippi, our denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, voted to become a sanctuary church body in its church-wide assembly in Milwaukee. Maybe you saw this on the news. It, was, it made national news. And there's been a lot of chatter a lot of chatter about what this actually means and if this actually accomplishes anything. But what I'd like to think is that it was our church running to fling the door wide open. That we as a church heard a knock, a knock coming from the border, and because we know our hearts belong to God, we thought that it might just be God's kingdom paying us a visit in the guise of our suffering and fearful neighbors. That we as a church are trying in a time of great divisiveness and tension and hate and the violence that that gives permission to, to proclaim the humanity of all people, to greet our immigrant brothers and sisters, documented or not, with the dignity that comes simply from being a human that God was pleased to create. Less like thieves trying to break in, and more like gifts and partners in God's work. And God does give us partners. That's what God gives us in the kingdom, not just God's presence, but one another. The kingdom is so big it can't be held within our own individual selves. It must be shared as we turn toward one another and ask where God is leading us. So where is God giving you partners? Who are those people that God is sending you to? Can you hear the knock from the border? 
to the homeless families staying at our church in a couple of weeks, to the folks who will dine here through loaves and fishes when construction is done, to the people in the pews around you right here this morning. Jesus is here, and he's brought a lot of his friends. And the kingdom of God is knocking at our door. Are you awake? And are you going to run to open it? Or does it feel like a thief? Well, the good news is that whether we are ready or not, God's kingdom will get through. For as Jesus says, it is the Father's good pleasure to give us this gift. And even if it feels like bad news before it feels like good news, it is the best news that there is. For it is the reality that God is here, opening our hearts, sending us partners, sitting us down at the table together, and serving us with grace that's worth staying awake for. Amen. <laughs>